Well, welcome to the continuation of the Cordell and Cordell podcast series and video series now as we talk about all uh, things related to divorce and the impact of coronavirus on those things, both before, during, and after divorce. As we continue down the series today, we're going to talk a lot about the impact on retirement, on divorce, guys either thinking about it in the middle of divorce or even post-divorce. It's one of those issues that, as we know today, I try not to look at the market because it's down, down, more down, uh, and there's no ups. You know, there's so few. Um, but it's so relevant for guys as they think about, what do I do now? Uh, and they may be in the middle of negotiating a divorce and division of assets. Uh, and so we want to continue down this series and just spend some time today talking about those issues that guys have questions about and what do they do? And again, you know, we asked the three questions or the three questions that we've been focusing on and what can I do? What should I do? And what must I do? And I hope, again, that we would try to uh, address those today. I'm joined by a litigation partner, Marcy Patton-Kaufman, up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you. So, Marcy, let's talk a little bit and, you know, fill us in on your thoughts um, about retirement, really. Um, What is the position of the courts as it relates to, and this is a good place to start, honestly, um, regarding retirement? Um, What can guys do? Are, Are there standing orders in place typically let's just take ohio where you are that prohibit guys from doing anything relative to their retirement account well it will depend on where you are in divorce mm-hmm. if you're in divorce you can do whatever you want with your retirement account account there aren't going to be any administrative orders issued indicating that you have any limitations obviously however if you do anything drastic right before filing for divorce that's something the court will take into consideration and look at a down the road order you to reimburse or change or make some modification based on any extreme changes done right before filing if you're in the midst of filing in ohio uh, most courts issue automatic restraining orders which prohibit you from doing anything to your retirement account you cannot make any withdrawals Um, You cannot liquidate it. You cannot do anything without the other party's agreement. So once you're in the midst of the proceedings, um, you're really, really limited to any actions that you can take. Um, With that being said, you can always negotiate. You can talk to um, opposing counsel and opposing parties, especially during these current times, because a lot of people automatically put those um, contributions into their retirement. It's an automatic payment that can be modified through the course of the year. So it comes down to needing more tangible income. If you speak with opposing counsel and you reach an agreement or opposing party and reach an agreement, modify those automatic withdrawals that might give you more tangible income to Mm -hmm. utilize while the pandemic's going forward. So that that really is the question um, that most guys are, are always asking me, and I know it depends on by state, because when we've done uh, webinars or seminars around the country, uh, the answer varies, but maybe you can talk, and, and you know you alluded to it just now. I can tell you in Missouri, I'm licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia, and we often talk, uh, I do with guys in consults, about pre-divorce, their contributions to their 401k, and I, I tell them, look, right now, if you continue with your contribution, 50 cents of every dollar, presumably, is going to your spouse. and Or you can go ahead and stop contributing. 
utilize that cash flow, that net net, that additional net to meet your needs and expenses because typically, you know, guys lived paycheck to paycheck and now they're living in two homes and obviously trying to support double expenses. So uh, what do you think, what would your recommendation be? And you can usually base it on Ohio, uh, what you're telling guys out there about continuing their contributions to their retirement account, you know, disregarding uh, a financial planner or an economist who would say, look, your money's better spent in, in the market, especially now. Let's just talk from strategic divorce perspective and whether guys should really, you know, what should they do? Should they just keep putting, you know, uh, all that money in and knowing that everything that they're giving, they're ultimately half's going to her? From my point of view, it's kind of a, um, it's a two-sided argument. So in the state of Ohio, when we issue, um, temporary orders or permanent orders for that matter, we're going to consider the standard of the marriage. Okay. So the standard of living, what can we do to maintain the status quo while the divorce is pending? That's what the court looks at when it's issuing like temporary spousal support orders. Um, so you have one thought being, I keep contributing in the manner that I have been contributing because that was the standard of the marriage. That is the status quo. And if I change that now, um, then I'm going to have more cash on hand, which could possibly increase um, my temporary spousal support order because there's going to be more tangible funds available. Um, the other side of that coin is, is that you can argue you do actually have access to this money and all it does, all it takes is a change to get it so that more funds are available for the entire family. So it's kind of a, from my point of view, it's a status quo argument. Strategically, I would probably advise a client to maintain until the court tells us to do otherwise because economically um, you are depends on how you're looking at it, saving money because you're not paying out as much out in support because now that isn't available right. so you know we've kind of put the cart before the horse for some guys that have just started the divorce process or or they're just considering it Maybe walk them through first and foremost, how does the court deal with retirement accounts when um, in dividing it? You know, a lot of guys think, hey, no, no, you can't touch my retirement or my pension because I'll pay taxes or there's penalties. Walk them through what the court looks at, what the, the law says, at least in Ohio, about how to divide and deal with uh, 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, pension accounts, those types of things. Typically what the statute or what the statute does indicate is that it wants to divide assets equitably. Um, that does not necessarily mean equally pursuant to the statute. However, uh, from my experience, I would say that most courts want to divide those marital assets equally. They want to divide them 50-50 and anything earned during the marriage um, should be split down the middle. So if you're looking at a 401k, they want each party to receive half of the amount um, that was earned during the marriage. Same thing with IRAs, um, pensions, stocks, anything that was incurred during the marriage. Now, I am specifically saying incurred during the marriage because if you had a premarital amount, um, you know, an amount certain prior to the marriage, that's going to be considered your separate property. So that needs to be accounted for and calculated so that you get to keep that without having to share it um, with your spouse. Um, so that's where the court starts from, in my opinion. They're going to start by looking at how we want to divide these things down the middle. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're negotiating, a lot of people might want to look at the whole. So we have assets valued at 
$500,000. And that includes $100,000 equity in a house, uh, 401k with $300,000, and maybe um, stocks currently worth $100,000. So we have mixed assets that at a certain point in time um, come to an equal value of $100,000 or $500,000. But what you have to be weary of is that all of those assets um, you can kind of look at it as having different rates of return. So when you're dividing them, you want to pay attention to like-kind assets. Mm -hmm. So things that are similar in nature. So if husband has a 401k and wife has a 401k, those are similar in nature. If husband has a pension and wife has a 401k, those are not similar in nature. So to divide them or to utilize offsets, um, to try to equally divide all those assets is normally, in my opinion, not in the client's best interest because we're not dividing in an apples to apples right. way. And it gets pretty, uh, it gets pretty complicated, you know, just listening to it. And when you consider all the tax ramifications uh, that are related to not like assets or even like assets, if you're a trade or offset uh, real estate or cash uh, for a 401k. So, I think one important thing that I imagine, I mean, we both recommend, um, and something that Cordell and Cordell uniquely offers is a tax and benefits department, which contains attorneys who have their masters in tax. Um, and I know you'd agree, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what they would do and what they do for us when we're dividing property uh, and considering a settlement uh, that may be proposed to us that may not. Uh, be offsetting like assets. So when you're, if I, if I'm understanding your qu question correctly, so if I'm going to be contacting our quadro department and I'm going to actually ask them to look at the tax consequences of various mm -hmm. assets. So if, um, you know, something has to be transferred so that we're going to qualify domestic relations order um, to transfer a part of a 401k to another party, okay? Mm -hmm. And the intent is to, um, you know, transfer 50%. Let's do a simple 50% transfer. What we're going to do is we're going to transfer it to a like-kind account, yeah. all right? That, that in and of itself is simple. There's not a lot that we need to consider or think about. However, if we are doing some kind of offset or something like that, then we do, that's what you're referencing. We have to take into consideration taxes and penalty. And if the purpose was to, you know, fully equalize when we're taking into consideration tangible income or liquid income. Um, but those are the things that I like to talk to about when I talk to our quadro department, you know, if somebody needs to access this money, how much are they actually going to get? Right. What is the after tax, after penalty um, distribution? Because that's the number that we really need to be looking at and taking into consideration. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I think, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but I think when many guys come to us and they say, look, okay, I want to keep all of my 401k for whatever reason, it may not make the best financial sense. You know, if you were to ask an accountant, a financial advisor, it becomes very personal to them. And so they're willing to trade uh, what may in, in fact be a non-taxable asset or a non-tax asset or is tax deferred, uh, whether it be real estate, cash, they're thinking, oh, I got to keep my retirement, but I'll give her all the cash in a checking account. Those are the events that may make zero sense financially. And that's where I think you're alluding to, Marcy, about 
you know, using our tax and benefits department to analyze the actual offer. What is the net result post-tax so that we equalize everything so maybe cash in a checking account has no tax consequence because it's already been, you know, taxed maybe three times before it's made its way into the checking account where you have a, a 401k you may be wanting to, to, to keep. Keep in mind, you can't re- withdraw until your retirement age and then, then it's subject to capital gains and normal income. So that's what I know we talk about often at Cordell and Cordell by utilizing a tax department or our in-house LLMs that I don't know uh, others like or likely situated or similarly situated law firms have that do this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always tell guys, look, let's send this over to our tax department and let them analyze it. Tell us what the net effect is. And we're going to counsel you as to, you know, keeping your 401k in exchange for a checking account probably isn't the best idea. Ultimately, your decision, but those dollars are not going to be equal, even if they may be 300000 and 300000 yeah. yeah, So and, Go ahead. And I was just going to say, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, Even without the current pandemic, I normally am completely opposed, unless we're going to have some kind of expert, including the ones in our department, look at the whole picture mm-hmm. because they don't end up being equal distributions. Yeah. And it's impossible to figure out if it is an equal distribution on your own without um, sending it to an expert, sending it to a tax expert or a financial expert that, you know, can tell you what all the different tax consequences and penalties are. So I think that's important recommendation for guys is, uh, and I think it's often the, the majority of practitioners overlook this important aspect that we undertake and have an actual department filled with tax mastered lawyers. That is, every settlement should just have some eyeballs on that to make sure that our clients know the net effect of what they want to do. And it may look good on paper, but uh, after tax consequences may be drastically different. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And another very important thing for people to be aware of right now, um, especially in the midst of negotiations, or even um, if you are complete with your um, divorce proceedings and your decision's been issued um, is that your retirement provisions include gains and losses. Um, The market swings are so huge. I know that I was looking at the statistics and there was like a 25% swing um, from February to um, to March. I mean, that's 25%. That's a significant Mm -hmm decrease in your total retirement over, you know, a 60 day period. And if you're not accounting for gains and losses in your, um, you know, divorce decrees or in your uh, negotiations, you could ultimately be getting, I mean, you're, you're going to take a huge hit. You yeah. can't use solid numbers. You can't say I have $500,000 in, re- in my 401k and I'm going to give my wife 250 without accounting for gains and losses because that's going to result in the plan participant, whoever owns the account, receiving much, much less of it. Yeah, I've uh, seen clients come after the fact where they were represented by other attorneys saying, can you fix this? Uh, you know, I had 200000 in the account. Uh, I agreed to give her 100000 so that it was an equal split. And now because of the market fluctuation, there's only a balance of 110000 which means I only get $10,000. Fix that. And it's too late. Although I, I was looking and there is such a thing in Ohio, and maybe you can talk about whether that can affect this called a 60B motion. 
Correct. So under the rules of civil procedure in Ohio, we have what is called a, a motion for 60B. And what that does, if it is granted by the court, is it allows the court to open a case back up um, for a very specific purpose, um, generally for a very specific purpose. And it applies for um, fraud, duress, but it also applies if it's grossly inequitable, if the result is unconscionable. Um, so it is a procedure kind of similar to a summary judgment where you would file a motion for 60B and ask the court, you know, based on whatever set of circumstances may be, um, that they need to reopen this case to look at this because it's, um, I believe that the word that the statute uses is unconscionable result. Provision uh, six of the statute, I believe, is unconscionable. Um, so it's always worth the try. I'm not going to say that 60Bs are often granted, but in the current circumstance that we are in, I believe these to be extreme circumstances because we have such extreme swings um, that this might be the time to address those issues with such motions. Because yeah. Chance. So I, mean, I think there's guys obviously listening around the country uh, and they may not be in Ohio. So keep in mind that one, uh, we want this you know, podcast and video cast to be used as to create talking points. You should go talk to your lawyer in your state. Uh, obviously, we're probably in one of your states, and we're certainly happy to talk to you. Uh, and counseling you on whether there is such a similar uh, object or item and motion to get relief like that, a 60B. But what we talk about today can't be legal advice. We don't know your circumstances, your certain facts, your situation. Uh, so make sure, though, that you do. This is such an important uh, relief mechanism in Ohio. Uh, I know that, generally speaking, domestic courts are courts of equity, which means they try to do what's right, and they're guided by, guided by principles of fairness. Uh, so you want to look at that. Uh, I think that's such an important thing to consider. If you're a guy sitting out there and you're post-divorce and you used a fixed number, uh, and now we've got a market down 37 38%, uh, we know that you're in trouble uh, in terms of your share. Uh, so you may want to consult with a lawyer uh, and, and, and talk about that. So transitioning a little bit uh, where we can get to the end of this topic, um, there are circumstances, Marcy, maybe you can mention that, where I personally have negotiated um, alimony, maintenance, or spousal support. We reduced it down or perhaps even completely away by trading, and you, know, you alluded to it, offset, trading other assets uh, as a negotiation tool. Is that something you do? And if so, maybe talk a little bit about it. I've done it personally where... I've given perhaps 75% of a 401k to either pay down uh, a support obligation or to eliminate it entirely. Um, I have absolutely done that. Um, I think that those long-term payments for people, especially if you're in a situation where it was a long-term marriage that um, ended up being a, a lifetime support order. Mm -hmm drastic happens and they can no longer you know pay that lifetime support order a lot of times in those circumstances a lump sum payment um, can be beneficial and, and, and can be useful and if you're in one of those circumstances especially right now um, you know you might even if it's a matter of modifying after the fact we file a motion to modify because things have changed and while you're doing that um, you're negotiating, you know, maybe a lump sum. Mm -hmm. uh, 
stimulus package has actually allowed people to take money out of their 401k up to $100,000, at least through 2020, without penalty. Right. Um, so that might be an option for you if you're looking to modify and offer a lump sum. Yeah. Um, it, it's always complicated because you never know what's going to happen down the road. You never know if your spouse is going to get remarried um, or cohabitate or mm -hmm. there's some going to trigger that termination and you're going to have to consider the risk that I'm going to pay my spouse or my ex-spouse, you know, $100,000 now, but she gets married six months down the road and you might have only paid out $10,000 in support at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always risks to take into consideration when making um, or considering those kind of lump sum offers. Um, right now, as the market stands, if you're looking at you know, trading securities or something of that nature, obviously, I think everything's down right now. Um, so you might not actually have that, the means mm -hmm. to you know, provide an offer that, that the other party is going to accept just because the capital is not there. Yeah. I do think it's worthy of a conversation. Uh, you may be able to get a good deal if you do the numbers. Again, um, I would tell you, that it's something where you would want, again, like our in-house department, our tax and benefits, to just do an analysis for you uh, to make sure uh, that it makes sense. You're looking at now that alimony maintenance or, or spousal support is no longer tax deductible by the payor. Um, that does complicate the, the conversation, especially when you are trading assets or you may be buying down the maintenance payment. So you're going to want to look through that, make sure uh, that it's an appropriate um, settlement offer, something that you want to do. And there are all those risks about, you know, mm -hmm. she could get remarried the next day and you want to just, you know, drop a large brick on your foot because you've just made the dumbest move ever. Right. Um, and say a lot of other things. Right. But uh, I've done it many times. I think it's an important consideration. You shouldn't just walk in and say, oh, I'm going to pay maintenance. Oh, I'm going to pay child support. Oh, I'm going to divide everything 50-50. Let's be, you know, that's why you hire us at Cordell & Cordell. Let's, let's really think strategically. Let's think through a, a really unique way to settle this matter that puts you in a good position for retirement. Maybe you uh, keep all your Vorwin or maybe you trade out some other assets. So, Kind of to wrap up the series, and I know you alluded to it again, the new stimulus package uh, allows for that withdrawal up to 100000 um, And there may be people, guys right now, they've lost their job uh, and their mortgage. They've got it, and that's always the decision. What do you do? Uh, they may not have any savings. They may not have any cash flow. Both parties may be sitting there. Marcy, you know, is this something, and I know it's going to come up, it's fresh, uh, it's new, we haven't had any, uh, a lot of time to have clients ask about it, but um, what do you tell guys, hey, I can't pay my mortgage, do I take out money, you know, what what does that do if I'm in the middle of a divorce, should I seek an agreement, or do I just do it without telling her? Yeah, I'm always, the. I will always be the one that's going to say be upfront and honest about it. Um, but if there's a good chance that both parties are going to be in a similar economic situation. Um, so to reach out to that person and reach an agreement and, you know, do something that's going to benefit, you know, both of you in the interim while you're going through this, because it's a difficult situation for everybody. Now, the one thing that is important to note on those withdrawals is you don't get a tax penalty or you don't get a penalty mm -hmm. on the withdrawal. Um, but you will have to 
pay taxes if you do not pay it back within three years. Um, you, let me rephrase that. So you can take the withdrawal, no penalty. If you pay it back within three years, you don't have to pay taxes on the withdrawal. Hmm. If you do not pay it back in three years, then the government is going to give you an additional three years to pay taxes on it. So that's something else that you're going to have to consider um, when, you know, determining whether or not taking that with free right now is something um, in your best interest. Now, obviously, we hope, and I have no doubt that everything should be bouncing back in three years and everybody's going to be in a much better economic situation. Yeah. Uh, but that is just an additional thing to take into consideration. Make sure that you talk to your attorney about it. Make sure that that issue is also brought up um, to our department, our quadro department and tax experts. Um, it's just an additional thing to take into consideration because everything, you know, is a little different right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if that is something that you need, I think everybody needs to do what they need to do to get by right now. Yeah. And it does provide, interestingly, you know, I've had in my practice and I know you have uh, where guys say, look, you know, just give her whatever she wants. I can't afford this. I don't have any cash flow to fight the fight when they have every reason in their position to fight the fight, to get a better deal. Now, it may be a conversation where you sit down with your lawyer and say, look, okay, we can take some money out of the 401k. You know, I can afford to pay my lawyer. She can afford and let's fight this fight uh, and we'll pay it back each of us or however you divide or allocate that withdrawal. Um, it does provide opportunities where the resources that guys had were limited prior to it. It, it is a nice uh, stimulus change and effect for guys. It gives them the resources to do it. It also allows them to potentially pay down a large asset, uh, to think about saving their biggest asset if they need to. But again, as Marcy said, it's a conversation. You want to do it by agreement to the extent possible. You want to make sure um, that you just talk through it. Let's let's get our tax people uh, you know on board to discuss that as well. And and if you're meeting with a lawyer that's not at Cordell and Cordell, make sure and you insist on uh, they consult with a tax preparer or a financial advisor, so you know the true impact. That's just something we have on staff. It's something we bring in in all those conversations. Uh, it's just another benefit. So uh, that uh, concludes, Marcy. Thank you uh, for uh, your advice in terms of giving us updates on uh, the new law as well as what guys should do on retirement. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So that wraps up this uh, series for today with regards to divorce, uh, coronavirus, and its impact on uh, guys facing it and especially retirement and the new law regarding the stimulus ability to withdraw money. Uh, we're going to continue this series as it relates to COVID-19 coronavirus and bring you the latest uh, updates, the latest effects on the law, status of the courts around the country, and more uh, tips and advice on what guys can do. Again, what can they, what should they, and what must they as they face uh, this crisis that's affecting not only our nation, but globally. Uh, so, We'll continue. Thanks for joining us here on the Cordell and Cordell series on divorce. Until next time. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell and Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. 